here we are. Welcome back, everyone, to 50%. I'm Katie Outka. And I'm Abigail Rosenthal. And this week, we're doing something a little different. Yeah, we haven't done kind of a uh, a non-book club episode in a little while. And appropriately, Katie and I are both in reading slumps at the moment, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. it'd be like that sometimes. It's school. We're back at work very intensely now, so mm-hmm. I'm less tired. Free, yeah, less free time. I'm spending a lot of my free time just like re-watching Criminal Minds rather than like reading. <laughs> I'm almost done with a parenthood rewatch that I think I completed in like two weeks. So that's what I've been doing a lot lately. Yeah. Yeah. Just less time. Like usually I read first thing in the mornings. I like have a slow morning, drink coffee, and I don't have slow mornings anymore because I got to go to school. So. Yep. Such is life. Such is life. I think we have a fun one today. We're like drawing parallels between our favorite books and Movies and TV and other pop culture, it's kind of a, if you like this, maybe you'll like that. Yeah, speaking of criminal minds and parenthood and whatnot. Yeah. We don't have those in our list, but... I don't know what romance to recommend if you like criminal minds. My Killer Vacation? Uh, yeah. I don't know of any other murdery romances. I can't think of any off the top of my head either. Yeah. Murder and romance don't tend to mix. No. 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 But... We've got some other ones. We we rounded up some of our favorite movies and TV shows and like other like pieces of pop culture that are not books and tried to find books that go along with those. Yeah, Katie and I are uh, we're definitely book people, but we are also uh pop culture whores, however you want to put that, really, truly. Absolutely. At some point, you'll get like a music-related episode from us, but today it's movies and TV. Yeah, I can't wait till we do a music one, but I don't quite know how we're going to do it still, but we will force all of our playlists on you guys at some point. Yeah, yeah. Abigail's boyfriend had the very late great idea <sighs> last night for us to read One Direction fan fiction because we're going to see Harry Styles. We will be seeing Harry Styles the day this episode comes out. Oh my God, wow. So hopefully while you're listening to this, we will be with at, Harry. At, <laughs> at Harry's house. At Harry's house, hopefully. Say yeah. hi to us if you see us, I guess. Somehow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if you recognize our screaming voices. Yeah, I mean, you'll hear us, I guess. You will hear us. Yeah. And with the outfits we're planning on wearing, you certainly can't miss us. Oh, I'm very excited. I'm so excited. <laughs> All right, so I'm going to kick us off uh, mainly because I just finished reading a book that I really want to talk about, and it just like perfectly fits within this genre. <laughs> I promise I didn't do this on purpose. Yeah. <laughs> it worked out nicely. But so the first like pop culture parallel that I'm going for is Pride and Prejudice. And I'm not like a big Pride and Prejudice gal. Like I'm not one of the girls that like watches Pride and Prejudice all the time. Like I've seen it a bunch, but it's just like not really my thing. Mm -hmm. I respect it. Not (laughs) not really my thing. Um, Great movie. Which version though are you talking about? The Keira Knightley one. Okay, thank you. Yeah. There's some controversy here. Lots of people prefer the uh, BBC version. See, I'm not even well-versed enough in in the Pride and Prejudice drama to even know that there is drama. Pride and Prejudice and I have history because I took a Jane Austen class in mm. college and I read one sixteenth of the required reading <laughs> and it was not Pride and Prejudice. 
and I got a B in that class. One nice. of my two Bs hey. all through college. Nice. Anyway, so I just finished reading A Certain Appeal by Vanessa King, and I honestly don't know how all of y'all aren't constantly talking about this book because I really loved it. It's like a straight retelling, like all the characters even have the same names for the most part. Um, but it takes place in modern day New York City's burlesque scene. <gasps> uh-huh. Stop. Yeah. So Elizabeth Bennett is like a burlesque performer or she she's not like one of the main performers, but she works at this venue that does burlesque. And Darcy is like this, you know, brooding investor type. And his friend is like is trying to like buy the venue. Is where his the- friend Chuck Bass? <laughs> his friend is his friend is Charles. So he gets involved like in a business manner with this burlesque situation. And of course, him and Elizabeth Bennett fall in love, obviously. Um, and so it's a pretty straight retelling. And I thought the like names were going to bother me, like the exact same names, like seeing Darcy on a page yeah. was a little weird. Um, but I got over it real fast because the story was so lovely. Ooh, okay. Katie didn't tell me about this one before. We started recording, so uh, I definitely want to read this one now. Yeah, what I did was I picked the romance novel on my like on my Google spreadsheet of all the books that I have um, from like NetGalley and like my Kindle and stuff because I have them in like published date order. So I picked the oldest unread book that is a romance novel on that list, and it was that one. I didn't even know you had a spreadsheet. It's unhinged. It's color coded. I want to see it. <laughs> I'll show you after. But I do it to keep track of my like NetGalley books and like because I try to read them in publication mm-hmm. order, but I'm like kind of far past. I can't keep up with reading them before they publish. Like I have too many. Um, and so I'm trying to like speed it up and catch up. Mm-hmm. And so I've been reading them in publication order and that was the oldest one. So that's how I chose it. Like mm-hmm. kind of totally randomly. It's a good method. I shouldn't be surprised that you have a spreadsheet of all your NetGalley books at all. I need to keep my brain straight. Okay, so what's your first one? So I really like action movies, especially ones with hot girls with guns. And so this is kind of a book that has like a Charlie's Angels vibe. And it's actually kind of YA, which I don't read a lot of YA and haven't for kind of a while. But um, this one's called The Girls I've Been by Tess Sharp. And I bought it with Katie actually when she came to visit me in Houston when I was living in Houston and we wandered around and went to like three different bookstores one day and I picked it up because one, the cover was really cute and it sounded really interesting. So Nora, the main character, is the daughter of a con artist and she's had like multiple identities. She's also been in these cons with her mom uh, and they're all they're all teenagers. So the three main characters are Nora, her ex-boyfriend Wes, and her current girlfriend Iris, and they were all good friends, and then Wes walked in on her and Iris together when he didn't know they were dating, and now they're all at a bank dropping off a check for this school club that they're in or something. And then a bank robbery happens. And so it very quickly turns into this like action movie where Nora 
has to like save the day and like her friends don't know that she's a con artist in a past life and knows how to handle people with guns. Anyway, it's so fun and it has some romance in it, but it's also got some good some good petty drama and some good drama drama. And Iris as a character, her girlfriend is really fun. So highly recommend. I that sounds awesome. I want to read that. Oh, I'll have I have it for you whenever you want it. It yeah. was it was a good like quick read and I think I ended up I picked it up because it sounded different than anything I'd ever read from like a YA. And I think it's like kind of older YA. I don't mm-hmm. know. Like it wasn't it wasn't obviously new adult. YA. Yeah, new adult, which yeah. is a new genre I've learned about. <laughs> new adult. But it was it was a really fun one and it's uh yeah, like I said, I love a I love a girl with a gun or a girl who can handle a person can with a gun. Can wield a gun. Can wield a gun if she needs to. A strong <laughs> woman, if you will. Yep. Whatever. So Katie, this is the uh my magnum opus. Yes. <laughs> this is where Katie gets to talk about Nora Ephron, which is generally always what I want to talk about, but it it's amazing that I didn't start with Nora Ephron, but it's cuz I'm so fired up about that Pride and Prejudice book. Um but I'm a big Nora Ephron girl, and I believe in the holy trinity of When Harry Met Sally, You've Got Mail, and Sleepless in Seattle. I'm not going to go through every single one of those in great detail. Um, but I was I was telling you before we started recording that I, fa- that I kind of had a hard time finding book parallels to When Harry Met Sally, and I don't know if it's because it's such a like common thing because it's like mm. friends to lovers or because when Harry Met Sally is such a like unique story because it's like over the course of, you know, X many years. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was trying to like capture that specific fall vibe and I couldn't because when Harry Met Sally is like a fall movie, period, hands down. Yeah. When Harry Met Sally is kind of why we decided to do this episode because fall feels like movie time exactly exactly so the closest i got without the fall was emily henry's people we meet on vacation and i chose that one specifically and i know we've talked about emily henry a billion times on this podcast yeah but this is the book we've talked about the least um but the reason i chose this one for this like parallel is because this book is similarly told over the course of like decades more or less, or a decade, or or years and years, for that matter. Um, and so is when Harry met Sally, and it's kind of these two friends doing normal friend stuff, and then they are not friends. Yeah. So that's what I chose. I won't. I won't go on and on about Emily Henry. I I do have two for you've got mail, and I actually had more because um, there are like a million you've got mail retellings because it's such a good story idea like this, you know, you're emailing someone or DMing someone or texting with someone or whatever. And there's someone, you know, in real life, but you don't know it until the end. Like that's such a common trope. Um, But I put two different ones on here. One is Last Chance Books by Kelsey Rodkey, which is a direct retelling of You've Got Mail. Like it's literally two warring bookstores, Um, but it's YA, which is super cute. Um, so it's like this like teenage girl who works in a bookstore and this teenage guy who also works in a bookstore. And so it's like they're not really involved with the business aspect of it so much, um, but they're working at these bookstores. Um, and the other one I have is Fastest Way to Fall by Denise Williams. And this is this one is about this woman 
who is a journalist doing like a series of stories about like working out as like a fat woman. Um, and she's like DMing with her personal trainer. Um, and this really isn't so much like a mistaken identity one, but they do fall in love kind of over email over DM. So it's got that same kind of vibe and it's very sweet. Um, and it's kind of also friends to lovers, but of course the like be all end all Nora Ephron, uh, movie to book recommendation I could give you is the waiting for Tom Hanks series by Carrie Winfrey, because there are like mad Nora Ephron (laughs) references in that series, specifically in the first one, which is called waiting for Tom Hanks. I mean, literally the title tells you how, how much about Nora Ephron this book is going to be because the woman in this book is like, I'm just waiting for my Tom Hanks, which like, I know we're both in happy relationships, but aren't we all, aren't we all just waiting for our Tom Hanks? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yes. Yeah. Um, but the, the main character in that first book at least is, um, a screenwriter who like wants to be the next Nora Ephron. So she's like super into, uh, sleepless in Seattle specifically, but super into Nora Ephron. So that's a very cute and fun series that I don't think I've talked about before that I really, really enjoy. What is with the, uh, that reminds me of that one book that just came out about like marrying Keanu Reeves, like how to marry Oh yeah, Keanu I have Reeves. that one somewhere. Yeah. That was a book of the month selection that yeah. I actually didn't get, but. I got all, it. I haven't read it yet. We're all just waiting for Tom Hanks and Keanu Reeves. Aren't we? Two great men. Yes. All right. What you got? So I'm, uh, I joke all the time that I've never seen a movie because I have so many movie blind spots. <laughs> like I actually have only seen. Two of the three Nora Ephrons. There are actually more than three. Well, two of the three that we have mentioned. The, two of the two of the Holy Trinity. Two of the Holy Trinity, and I think I watched both of them within the last year. Uh, At I'm, my direct, yes, <laughs> urging. Yes, we will do. Uh, you've got mail at some point. That's the only one I haven't seen. But I'm a big comfort rewatcher, and so I have to mention one of my favorite comfort rewatches, which is Thirteen Going on Thirty, for obvious reasons. Yeah, it's got. Mark Ruffalo in a great man role. Uh, we've got Jennifer Garner working at a magazine. We've got a good makeover scene. Great, great best friend character. Great best friend character. Uh, incredible early 2000s fashion all around. Just, man, best movie. Love this movie. Anyway, this is kind of a tenuous connection, but I was trying to think of things that had good, sweet, second chance romances and one that I read this summer that I really enjoyed was A Thousand Miles by Bridget Morrissey. And I actually did a review of this one on our Instagram account if you want to go check it out. But it's about two best friends in high school who she was kind of an outcast and he was like class president and whatnot. And they spent all their time together and they had a little bit of a falling out. And now they're on a road trip together to go to his grandmother's house. And it's just them reconnecting after they haven't seen each other in years and years. And it's really sweet. There's also, I mean, there's a road trip, which is a little When Harry Met Sally. See, that's why I couldn't throw it in with When Harry Met Sally because, I mean, I guess I could have. Yeah. So it works for that too. Because the road trip part of When Harry Met Sally is just chef's yeah. kiss. <laughs> my, my dream one day is I will write a road trip romance, which has been done multiple times. And I probably wouldn't do it any better. But you that's never what I know. Got. That's what I've got so far when I sit down and write my romance at some <laughs> point. 
Okay, so the next one that I have also feels a little tenuous, but they they felt very sp- spiritually similar to me, maybe because I consumed them both around the same time. So I read the Summer I Turned Pretty books like back, you know, when I was younger, when they came out. But I watched the TV series this summer, as did everyone else on the planet except for Abigail. Not me. Um, but I've never seen a TV. Everyone else that I know. Um And it's just like, I love like a summer romance. Like those were the types of books that I read when I was younger, like reading The Summer I Turned Pretty and and those types of books. Because like when I was like 14 years old, I was convinced that I was going to go on my, you know, annual family beach trip and find the love of my life. Oh, weren't we all? Right. Um, And so the book that I have this connected to is every, which I know the summer I turned pretty is a book, but I'm talking about the TV series. Yes. But if you want the grown up version of the summer I turned pretty, it's every summer after by Carly fortune, which I read this summer, um, at the recommendation of, um, some listeners to this podcast actually. Um, and it was just so, so it captured that like kind of YA, like summer falling in love Mm. um but kind of took you from those high school years and younger actually from those teenage years all the way through adulthood these people reconnecting as adults after like falling in love at their like lake house and their it's just so it's got all the things that a summer romance should have there's again there's a lake house there's you know, first loves. Um, It's just so wonderful. I read it like at the end of July. So like, even though it's hot as hell in Texas until, you know, November, it felt very like closing out summer reading kind of for me. Um, And it was just, it was just lovely. I loved it. Ooh, another second chance. Yes. You know, I love a second chance. We do love a second chance around here. Mm -hmm. So I would be remiss. Not to talk about what I talk about every episode, which is probably Gilmore Girls. Yeah, this is your magnum opus. (laughs) This is my magnum opus. Because if there is anything I know about, it's Gilmore Girls. (laughs) Uh, I've watched it at least 10 times through, listened to an entire podcast about it. There is nothing you can tell me about Gilmore Girls that I don't know. So, of course, I have to shout out some of my favorite small town romances, which are all books that we've mentioned on the pod here before. But if you need some cozy small town vibes... You've got book lovers, obviously. Duh. Duh. Some great townies, uh, a place called Pompasquat, which I will never forget. Burned into my brain. Part of your world, which destroyed me and Katie. Yes. Both. Uh, God, I love that book so much. I still regret that we didn't do a whole episode about it, but- Let's give it a few months and do a reread and do an episode. We will do an Abby Jimenez full book club episode at some point. At some point. Maybe with her new one. Maybe with her new one. She has a new one coming out, I think, in April that I'm very excited about. Uh, Well Met, which has some of my favorite small town vibes just because it is so freaking cozy, even though it's set in the summer. Like, I want to go hang out at the Renaissance Fair in the summer. Also, I hate summer. So (laughs) that Well Met made me want to hang out in the summer in this tiny town was a pretty uh, intense accomplishment. Well, the Texas Renaissance Festival happens in the fall, so. Oh, maybe that is part of it. Yeah. Maybe so. Except I've only been once, and it was for like a press day. Mm. But I did get my turkey leg, so. God, we should go. We should go. <laughs> can we, yeah, can we bring our copies of Well Met and get people to sign oh, them? What a great idea. 
That's hilarious. No one's going to understand, but I think it would be really funny. Uh, find a tavern wench. Oh, my God. Yes. Ooh, I want to know if there's been some real romance going on at the Texas Renaissance Festival. Hey, if you are in a uh, Renaissance Festival romance, please email us. I mean, everything I know about Renaissance Festivals is that they are debaucherous. Hmm. Noted. <laughs> I'm not surprised. Uh, and then a fall shout out uh, to The X-Hex by Aaron Sterling, which I'm very excited to read the sequel. Me the too. Ki- yeah, The Kiss Curse. I have it on my Kindle. Um, and we'll probably pick that up that one up really soon, but... Uh, the X-Hex is also a small town, and it's got witches. Yeah, I love that book. Yeah, all of these have just good, cozy, small town vibes. Some of them have very good towning characters. I love a townie. You could throw the dead romantics in there. Right. All of our favorite books are usually small are town. Are usually small town, yeah. Yeah, so, true. Yeah, if you have a good uh, Gilmore Girls adjacent book, please send it to me. Let me know what it is, Yeah, and I'll put it in this list of all my favorite books because it will probably join the other ones. <laughs> Okay, my next one is, um, and I've mentioned this series on the pod before, is if you like Game of Thrones or any kind of, you know, adjacent show, I could not recommend the Spoiler Alert series by Olivia Dade anymore. They take place between, basically, in all of these books in the series, at least one of the romantic leads is an actor on this fictional TV show that is basically game of thrones like it's it's a it's a more or less exact copy of game of thrones um but this series has everything it has like body positivity it has fan fiction like fan fiction with it like the characters write fan fiction some of them Mm. do like some of them about their own characters which is super funny um i just i love this series so much and i hadn't read any of olivia dade's books before I read this series and now I've been reading some of her other stuff and she's just a delight. But the spoiler alert series is just it's just so good. It's so fun. So. This is one that we're going to shout out that we actually haven't read yet. Right. But it's too close of a connection that we can't. We have to it. mention it. Yeah. yeah. So. If you are like us and you love movies about journalism vaguely uh (laughs) tangentially tangentially you know somewhat uh i love movies about fashion where the clothes are really cool even if they are in the early 2000s and petty drama and meryl streep then of course that's the devil wears prada and this is a book that we haven't read yet but is on our tbr and has been for a couple months now yeah i picked it up during the barnes and noble sale because i knew we both wanted to read it and neither of us have yet yeah, so this one is A Hundred Other Girls by Iman Hariri Kia, and it is about a young woman who works at a magazine as an assistant, and it is sure to be really dramatic. Yes. It it sounds ridiculous and like so over the top, and I'm very excited to read it. It's got shitty boss drama in it, mm-hmm. which is usually pretty fun. Yeah, yeah, I love it. So, yeah, but, we're, if you've read this one, let us know. Um, but we're excited to pick this one up. But yeah. Yeah. Even though we haven't read it yet, it's too perfect. We have to mention it. We have to mention it. And part of the reason I bought the print copy, too, is that the cover's, like, beautiful. Also. Oh, it's gorgeous. It's really beautiful. Yeah. It's, like, this purpley red. It's it's beautiful. So, um, yeah, if you've read it, let us know. 
I love seeing your bookshelf just get more and more full since we've started this podcast. I know. My grandparents are actually giving me they have two of those like they look like the floating bookshelves where it's just like the spine and you slot them in and i'm gonna put them there Ooh, yeah great you'll have more i I need more room (laughs) it's a situation over there okay so my next one is not about a movie or a tv show (laughs) but i would be remiss if i did not mention npr we love npr (laughs) we love npr big public radio gals over here big public media gals over here yes um Shout out to KUT and KUTX, our our local NPR station. My car is stuck on KUTX, and I am so happy for it. Right. I work very hard to get my car radio, which is broken, stuck on KUTX. Instead of stuck on something else, yeah. Yes. But if y'all are big NPR heads like us, obviously, Rachel Lynn Solomon's The X Talk is the premier uh, radio romance novel. Oh, yeah. It's got public radio and like podcast drama. They go to a podcast festival in Austin. Yeah. So shout out to that. Uh, We love this one. This one's really fun. Yeah. I read this this one last summer at your recommendation. And it's also a fake dating, but they have to fake date for other people. Yeah. They have to fake date for the podcast. Yeah. Which is hilarious. I love it. Like for a a true audience and not just a group of friends or something. Yeah. This is great. I read this book like right as I was starting to work in audio. So I bought it when I was in in LA. Bought it yesterday at um at The Ripped Bodice. Shout out to the best bookstore I have ever been to. I am so angry I wasn't there. Their receipts are pink. I oh my god, it was the best it was the best place I've ever been. Um but I bought it there cuz I want to reread it now that I work in audio. Um, and I hope it doesn't make me hate it. <laughs> I know. I was going to say, do you think the magic's going to be ruined? Because I have found that I don't always like reading books vaguely about journalism. Right. Me neither. Me neither. But I liked Funny You Should Ask. And so, you know, that's a journalism book. And so the X talk hopefully won't be ruined for me. But and and funnily enough, I am hosting a podcasting festival next year in Austin. So so there is that. Rachel and Solomon, would you like to come? Oh my god, that would be hilarious. Actually, it would be very funny if you could get a podcast, an author who wrote a book about podcasting, to come talk at a podcast festival. That would be so funny. A book that came out three years ago. Right. I'm gonna, Here she is. I'm going to noodle that. Hmm. Anyway, while I do that, what you got? So another tenuous one, but I'm really just using this as an excuse to make you all know what my favorite movies are. And most of them came out like two decades ago, but it's fine. So a tenuous one, but one nonetheless is uh, Legally Blonde, one of my favorite movies of all time for obvious reasons. Lots of pink, uh, a man getting his comeuppance. Reese Witherspoon. Reese Witherspoon. Law school. Back to school vibes. Anyone who knows me knows all I want is to be back in school. (laughs) I just finished this one, which was My Oxford Year by Julia Whalen, which I read at Katie's recommendation. And man, the back to school vibes. Impeccable. What a great book. What a great book. I have been craving fish and chips for a month now. Oh, I had really good fish and chips at this Irish pub the other day. I thought of you. I know. No. I ate good in LA. I'm sure you did. I ate so good. I'm sure you did. Katie was just at a journalism conference. I was. And so she got to do lots of fun things. I did. M- mostly journalism things. Mostly some, journalism things. But I, I petted some dogs. Dogs. And I ate a ton of good food. And I 
ran up my uh, my per diem. <laughs> yep, as you should. Great. Um, I went way over it, but whatever. Yeah, it's, it's fine. Okay, so my next one, these are books that I mentioned on the pod before, but I just think they're so fun. And I've read like several retellings of Disney movies, like books that are retellings of Disney movies. And I'm going to be real, none of them have been good until these two. <laughs> um, so, so Julie Murphy and Jasmine Guillory wrote this kind of like one-two punch like of books they're not they're technically like in a series like if you look on goodreads it'll say they're in this series but they're not related to each other at all um but julie murphy wrote if the shoe fits which is like a cinderella retelling that's also on this like takes place on this like bachelor adjacent tv show which we'll get to um and it's really fun but the Jasmine Guillory one that's a Beauty and the Beast retelling blew me away. I loved it. Um, it's called By the Book. And it was like, I felt like Beauty and the Beast was going to be a really, like, that's hard to translate to, like, real life people. Right. Not a beast. Not a beast. <laughs> um, but, but it was really sweet. And it was, like, kind of set in the publishing and book industry, too, which was, like, a, an interesting twist. But... Those those two were really I I had a really good time with those. Mm. Yeah, are you a are you a Disney adult secretly? I'm not, but I'm always a Beauty and the Beast girl. Obviously, the princess that we identified most with as children was Belle. Obviously. Obviously. The one that likes <laughs> books and her dad. And she's a brunette. Yep. She's a big old nerd. Yeah. Okay, so the the rest of our list are are like shows that we had both mentioned that we both found some of the same books for, but some different ones for. So we both wrote down like fixer upper style HGTV, like home reno shows, which I watch a lot of. I don't know if you do. I had a depressive period mm. where I watched all whatever seasons were available of fixer upper yeah. on Hulu. At <laughs> Who among us has not had a depressive period and watched oh, Fixer Upper? It was very soothing. All I wanted to do was go to Waco, and Waco sucks. <laughs> yeah, I love I love all the those are like my if I can't think of anything else to put on, I'll put on like whatever shows up in the HGTV app. Shout out to Shiplap. So I wrote down this book called How to Love Your Neighbor by Sophie Sullivan. It's apparently the second one in the series. I did not know that. So there was like some Ooh. allusions to other characters that I was like, who? Um, I missed some character development, but I now I want to go back and read the first one. But it's like this woman who moves in next to this super rich man, and she's an interior designer. He wants to like buy the house that she's living in so that he can knock it down so he can have like a pool or whatever. <laughs> and so it's kind of an enemies to lovers situation too. But then she helps him renovate his house and he helps her renovate hers and then they fall in love it's very cute mm. yeah i didn't i feel like i didn't really realize how much romance has some fixer-upper vibes so much tessa bailey's hot and hammered series they're all fixer-uppery oh yeah yeah hm. i haven't read those yet uh i read one this summer called maggie moves on by lucy score which also has some great townies and small town vibes uh but it's about a woman who has a YouTube channel where she renovates houses and then her hot landscaper guy that she hires for this one house and obviously they fall in love. There's a good dog character. I've mentioned this one on the pod. Mm -hmm. 
I need to read this one. It was fun. Kind of long, but fun. Yeah. Yeah. I saw it at the airport yesterday and it's like thick. It's kind of hefty. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of good side characters. There's a really cute high school kid in it. So there's some nice heartwarming moments that have nothing to do with the actual romance that's going on. I like that. Also, the landscaper does sound very hot. And he's got a good dog. Uh, the other one is a Christina Lauren that I don't see mentioned very often. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I found it really fun when I read it. Yeah, it's a deep cut. Yeah, this one is called The Honey Don't List by Christina Lauren. And it is basically about, it's basically Chip and Joanna, but if they hated each other. Yeah, oh my God, I love this book. I thought it was so fun. And I never really see it mentioned as, again, I guess a deep cut. Um, And you know we love Christina Lauren around here. But it's about two of their assistants who are on this road trip with them up the West Coast, and they hate working for these people because they're awful, but they can't quit. Uh, she needs health insurance, and he has been like promised a big promotion or something like that. But I thought this one was really fun, and it has kind of a wild climax. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Shit goes down in this book. Yeah, a lot of shit happened in this book. And I thought it was really sweet. But also, like, I love a petty drama. Yeah. <laughs> this is the pettiest of dramas. So. Yeah, it's a great book. Yeah. So we also wrote, we also both wrote down Bake Off. And you have a book that I haven't read. And I have a book that you haven't read. But mine is, like, it literally takes place on Bake Off, but they had to change the name mm. of Bake Off. Like it's it's British. It's like every all exactly the same. Yeah, Great British Baking Show. If you're American, like yes, us. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, tell us about this one. So this is called Rosalind Palmer takes the cake, and it's by Alexis Hall, and it's by, it's about this woman who's a contestant on this like Bake Off show, um, and it's not like. The romance isn't even necessarily necessarily the main plot. It's like kind of more about her journey through the show. But there's kind of a little love triangle situation where there's like she's got one man who's like kind of trying to earn her favor. But then she falls for someone else. And it's like all people involved with the show. And it's very fun. Very mm. British. Very cozy. You would love it. Ooh. As I've said, I yep. love a British and I love a cozy. Yeah, it's Ooh, very cute. Okay. What about yours? So I read this one a couple years ago. This was kind of one of my my first romances. And it's kind of another one that is a romance, but isn't totally a romance. You know, it's got a romance plot, but it's not all about the romance. But this was uh, My Not So Perfect Life by Sophie Kinsella, uh, who did Confessions of a Shopaholic. Mm-hmm. That a bunch was, of those. Yeah. Books, a lot of yeah. them. She's done a lot of them. Um, but this one, this one has nothing to do with baking, but it is British. And the main character has this really stressful job and she gets fired from it. And then she goes to help her parents run their uh it's kind of like a like a boutique hotel situation, a B and B. And she is working on like their social media and stuff for them. And then her boss that fired her comes to stay at the B&B or whatever. And it had some good fun uh cozy elements and I liked the idea of running off to the English countryside like they get to do in Bake Off. So, yeah, that's nice. No baking, unfortunately. Actually, I think there's like a a smattering of baking. A smattering. But no competition elements of baking in it. So, 
but it was a fun British one of all of the British ones I've gotten to read. Yeah. Okay, so the last one we both have mentioned is like Bachelor or Bachelorette adjacent shows. Do you want to you want to tell us yours first? Yeah, I read this one after you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it was also last summer. Yes. Where it was uh, one to watch by Kate Stamen London, and this one was. I don't watch The Bachelor. Right. I guess I should preface with that. I don't watch The Bachelor or The Bachelorette. I watch Love Is Blind, which I guess also kind of counts in this. Yeah. Yeah. So any of those dating shows, if you like those, uh, this one was this one was good. It was basically a bachelor show. Uh. Some of the men are disgusting. Uh, right. Like the 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 premise is that the bachelorette, quote unquote, is um, a fat woman, basically. Yeah. And so, of course, some of the men are shitty. Yeah. But some often. of them are not. Some of them are not. And then it kind of ends on a on an interesting twist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And this I re- is a fun one. It's not what I was expecting. No. I remember reading it and being like, how are they going to like, how are they going to end this one? Because mm-hmm. she has to pick somebody. It's mm-hmm. TV or whatever. Anyway, but it ends on an interesting note. Yeah. The one that I have for this is a book that I think I've talked about on this podcast before. Um, It's called The Charm Offensive by Alison Cochran. And I fucking love this book because it's about the straight male, supposedly straight, I'm doing air quotes, straight male lead on a bachelor type show um, who's dating all these women, but he falls in love with his male producer. Mm. It's great. Yes. We have talked about, yeah, we have talked about this one. And she wrote another one. She has a Christmas one coming up that we're excited about. That's right. We have a couple. Is it also a queer one? Yes. I think it's women, though. Ooh. Yeah. That's right. We have two queer Christmas ones that we're going to read. Yeah. uh, Just in general. Yes. And I'm sure we'll talk about them on the podcast. But that one, which, oh, uh, Kiss Her Once For Me. Yes. That's what it is. Yes. Yes. Oh, I'm excited about that one. Yeah. And then, uh. You're a mean one, Matthew Prince. Yeah, which by I, Timothy Janofsky. I think that's how you say his name. Yeah. I keep seeing it floating around and I'm really excited to read it. Me too. I feel like I need to buy this one in print just because that green cover with the snowman on it. I just, I, know. I want it. Also, this is such a good title. Like, I You're a mean one, Matthew Prince. It's I sing so it. good. I sing it in my head every time I see it. Me too. No, I'm excited for this one. Yeah. Uh Oh, we will do a whole episode on Christmas reads. Yes. I, yeah, I almost put Christmas reads in this episode and then I was like, no, 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 I have to save it. We have to save it. Yeah. Oh, we're we're in like pri- we're about to be in like true prime reads. Re- I have like 5 or 6 spooky books that I need to read, but after that I'm like seriously shifting gears. I know I'm running out of time for my spooky ones. I know. Cuz once November 1st hits, it's Christmas, baby. It <laughs> it's the holidays. It's time. It's time. Yep. Yep. Okay, so we're going to wrap in what we're currently reading using this same idea. So you're currently reading, you say, goes with like reality TV, Kardashian-style drama shows, right? Yeah, I couldn't think of a specific one. Uh, Katie and I shamelessly watch the Kardashians. Oh, yeah, totally shamelessly. I need to watch the new season. Ooh, I did. Ooh, you have to tell me when you do. Yeah. Ooh, there was some drama. Of course there was. Yeah. So right now I'm reading uh, How to Fake It in Hollywood by Ava Wilder. I wasn't expecting a lot of this one. I am having so much fun with it. Really? I have this one. I need to I need to read it. It's about a PR relationship. <gasps> fun. Yeah. And so it's about this, uh, you know, Hollywood starlet named Gray Brooks who was on. Like, what a great name. I know, right? 
she was on one of those cheesy teen shows like like One Tree Hill, but hers mm. was called uh, Poison Paradise. Oh, also a great name. I know. So she's in kind of one of those like career slumps that a lot of those little little starlets have after their teen shows end. And she enters a PR relationship with this like actor who uh, is not doing so hot right now. Mm. First, he like won an Oscar when he was like 25 and is like kind of he's still like a big shot, but he hasn't done anything in five years after his um, after his writing partner died in an accident. So which is actually really sad, but they get in a PR relationship and one, I just love Gray Brooks as a character. She's so fun. Uh, one thing that really stuck out to me in this book is obviously a bunch of sex happens and she mentions that she gets a UTI afterward. <laughs> so Stars, they're just like us. They're just like us. But yeah, so if you're into any of that like Hollywood drama sort of thing, like weird celebrity fame stuff, this one is really fun. So Interesting. Yeah. I'm really liking it. I'm excited to read that one. So mine, mine. I'm not that far into it yet, but the the connection that we came up with was to like movies like Friends with Benefits or No Strings Attached, where um, the lead characters think that they're just going to sleep together and not catch feelings, but then of course they inevitably catch feelings. Of course. And I'm pretty sure that's where this book is going. So I'm reading Lizzie Blake's Best Mistake by Maisie Eddings. Um, and I'm only about 10% of the way in. So right now all that's happened is, you know, Lizzie, this main character, is a total mess. I was actually like kind of annoyed with her at first because she's like <laughs> that big of a mess. I'm like, oh, my God, get your life together. What happened? She just like she was like talking about dropping the ball at work with certain things. Oh, like, no. yeah, it was it was like stressing me out. Um but then she meets this guy and they have a one night stand or what they think is a one night stand and it's dual perspective. And she left her keys there on accident, like at this guy's hotel. So she has to go back and pick them up. And that's where I left off when you came over. Hmm. So I don't know what's going to happen. So far, it's pretty steamy. They've already done it because they already had a one night stand and it was like described. So oh. I wasn't expecting this to be steamy, but it is so. So that brings us to the end. Um, but next episode, we are starting our first of two spooky romance book clubs. Yes. So we took a little book club break, but we're back, baby. Yeah, we're coming back full force for October, which is, I don't know, maybe the best month out of the year. Maybe. Arguably. Arguably. We love fall. We're, we're the basic bitches who love fall. Yeah. So we're reading, we're starting with Angelica Frankenstein makes her match by sally thorne who's an author that i really like who i feel like i haven't heard from in a while so i'm excited to revisit some of her work and i have never read a sally thorne oh, so that'll, that'll be interesting yeah katie i don't think we read the blurb the last episode we haven't but i'm happy to for generations every frankenstein has found his or her true love and equal unlocking lifetimes of blissful wedded adventure. But clever, pretty, and slightly odd, Angelica Frankenstein has run out of suitors, and she fears she may become the exception to this family rule. As she assists her brother, Victor, of course, of course. <laughs> in his groundbreaking experiment to bring a reassembled man back to life, she embar embarks upon a side project that is all her own. 
When Angelica's handsome scientific miracle wakes up on the operating table, her wishes for an instant romantic connection are dashed. Her resurrected beau, named Will for the moment, has total amnesia and is solely focused on uncovering his true identity. Trying to ignore their heart-pounding chemistry, Angelica reluctantly joins the investigation into his past, hoping it will bring them closer. But perhaps fate is not something that can be created in a laboratory, or is Will, or whoever he is, her dream man tailored for her in every way? And can he survive what was done to him in the name of science and love? Filled with carriages, candlesticks, and corpses, Angelica Frankenstein Makes Her Match is the spooky season reimagining of the well-known classic by Mary Shelley that reminds us to never judge a man by his cadaver. Is that what it tells us? <laughs> I don't think that's what Frankenstein tells I, us. I don't think that's that was the intention that Mary Shelley had, but... I don't either. But okay. But it's got blurbs from Christina Lauren and Emily Henry on it. Christina Lauren compares it to like Tim Burton. Um, So this sounds delightful. Yeah. We read some of the Goodreads and uh, the the common thread is what the fuck. Yeah. Some good what the fucks, some bad what the fucks. And I'm very excited to figure out where we stand. So this is our next book club episode. So after we do Angelica Frankenstein, we are going to do uh, Go Hex Yourself by Jessica Clare, which came out earlier this year, but we're going to make it a true spooky. Yeah. So two book clubs for the price of one in October. Yeah. Yeah. So go pick up those books from Bookshop. Remember, if you get them from our Bookshop profile, we get a little bit of that cut um, and it takes, you know, a week, a week and a half for your books to get there. So order now so that you're ready. And I think because I'm a dummy and I accidentally bought two copies of Angelica Frankenstein for reasons that are too boring to get into here, I think we'll do a giveaway on our Instagram. I think we should. I think we should. I spent the money. Might as well. Someone might as well benefit. Yeah. You know. And uh, we would love to give you some spooky reads for your season. So. Yeah. So at some point, like around on or around the first day of October, we'll do a giveaway and get you a book. Yeah, yeah. So, well, thanks for listening, guys. We're very excited to uh, enter spooky season with you all. Yeah, get prepared with us. Thanks for (laughs) joining us for uh, a shorter, chattier episode. But yeah, happy to have you. Have a good one. 